Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Much as the golf is uh, the highlight, as always at majors, the golf course itself is a huge piece of the story. And uh, one of the more revered uh, tracks in all of the United States is Oak Hill out in Rochester, New York, a Donald Ross-designed track. And so I caught this article earlier in the week, The Golden Age of Golf Design Lives On. Uh, and it was written by Tony Deer, who lives just up the road uh, in Washington. He's the editor for the uh, Cascade uh, Golf Newsletter that comes out. He's a Con- contributor to golf publications all across the country and so uh, reached out to our good buddy Dick Stevens put me in touch and Tony kind enough to join us here this morning and uh, first of all thank you so much uh, for joining us and uh, glad you're residing now in the Pacific Northwest uh, having grown up uh, on the other side of the pond as they say uh, but tell everybody a little bit about uh, maybe before we get into the article just how the golf bug started with you uh you've been a a first tee coach a high school golf coach a, an apprentice uh just how much does the golf bug reside in in your in your life uh it's i wouldn't say it's everything jason because i have a family um but it's it's not far after them um i started playing at early teens um, like most people, um, you know, my, my, my father played and he introduced me to the game. I was a teaching pro within about uh, four years, five years. I played on the University of Liverpool golf team at Hoylake, where the Open Championship will be played later this summer. Came to the States at age 30 in, when was it, 2000, 2001, 2002. And very fortunately, my wife's family came from the uh, Pacific Northwest. So I've been here for 20 years and loving it. Well, fantastic. Well, I was I was so taken by your article. Uh, I saw it in uh, First Call Golf. Uh, dot com and I'm, I'm not sure where else it appeared but uh there are devoted admirers uh of the works of these golf architects where their courses are now uh 100 125 years old uh they're very familiar tracks maybe we're not familiar with the architects uh, but donald ross is obviously uh, at the height of it we see his courses now being uh renovated and restored but there are these little societies of true devotees uh, that have become instrumental now working with working with the courses uh, as they are going through renovations and reconstructions. Uh, how'd you come about this uh, particular uh, story topic and maybe a little bit about how these societies have initially come about? Great question, Jason. Um, 
I, I think I identified that there's about a dozen of them, um, and they range in everything from sort of small scale, amusing little fan groups to um, to really significant players in the industry uh, with thousands of members. When I talk about the golden age of architecture in golf, that's kind of the, the first couple of decades of the 20th century when arch- golf course architecture just took a very good turn. And uh, a lot of the courses that, that host major championships and which we revere today, you know, are held on golden age courses because they're, they're so beautiful. They're so natural. They're so, they're full of options. They're, they're full of interest in golf. It's a shame that the, both the USGA and the PGA of America tend to um, uh, overwhelm these, these great courses with, with knee-high rough and, you know, very thick rough and very hard surfaces, which, which kind of um, detracts a little bit from the, from the architecture that, that they were built with. But they're still great courses. I mean, they're still absolutely wonderful to play. And these societies, that they really, I, I believe, the, first, yeah, the first one was the Donald Ross Society. Donald Ross designed close to, not not quite, but close to 400 courses in the States. He was a native of Dornoch in Scotland, and he came to America in his early 20s, I believe. And he was, um, he started out at a course in Massachusetts, um, but was quickly moved to um, Pinehurst in North Carolina because the, the owner of the, uh, what was you know, then a very small summer retreat, um, wanted to to build a lot of golf and to cut a long story short he he came he he became familiar with donald ross and donald ross basically spent the rest of his life there there's soon going to be 10 courses at pinehurst and he built uh one five of them i think i believe four of them um and pinehurst number two is the most famous of them and and he tinkered on that with that course until his dying days really you know for for 40, 50 years, he, he just kept tinkering with that course. And he, he really endeared himself to the American golfing public. And his, his, um, his courses are so, so great. And there are so many of them that um, it was the society that honors him was the first to, to come about in, in the late 80s. And I'm not saying that because of the Donald Ross Society, others follow, but, but it did kind of light, light a fire. Although there was a there was a bit of a gap after the Donald Ross Society, I think the Alice McKenzie Society, which which had been operating on a very small scale at the same time, you know, officially incorporated um, about five or six years later. And I mean, the 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 societies adjoined to the to the really big famous architects like Donald Ross and Alice McKenzie and Robert Trent Jones. Um, you know, they, they, they do play a very significant role in, in the restoration of those architects' courses. Um, the Donald Ross Society has, you know, has a, has a foundation and it has financed, you know, some very important rebuilds, revivals, remodels of courses that were, you know, that, that were probably going to die. And it's brought them back to life. In that respect, the Donald Ross Society, you know, is playing a huge role in keeping Donald Ross alive, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Tony Deere is our guest here talking about his recent piece, The Golden Age of Golf Design Lives On uh, with these architecture societies. You mentioned Robert Trent Jones. uh, Those courses down south, very familiar uh, with a lot of golfers. Now, some of these architects did more country clubs, uh, private clubs that maybe those of us here on the West Coast aren't as familiar with. 
but what the societies that are most active, like the Donald Ross, just what sort of services and influence are they providing now uh, for courses that maybe are seeking restoration or wanting to know uh, as they go into, you know, whether it's the Greens committees or how they go about their regular maintenance of the courses, uh, wanting to keep them as true as possible to the original design. Very interesting question, Jason. If, if, if you take a course like like Oak Hill, which is hosting the PGA Championship this week, it wasn't actually. I discovered this yesterday. This, this was a very interesting snippet of uh, information that I learned yesterday. It wasn't actually used as a as a Donald Ross design in a, in a major championship. This might be. You know the, the the first time that it, that it's done so because the first time it hosted a major championship, it it had already been remodeled or you know re, not redesigned but but changed significantly by another architect. And so the design that that it presented to players in the US Open fifty six, I believe, wasn't technically a Donald Ross design. So I mean, obviously Donald Ross is no longer with us, but uh, Andrew Green who um, has redesigned the course um, for, for this particular championship. Uh, yeah, sorry, you've you got to be very careful with your terminology these days. <laughs> he hasn't redesigned the course. He's restored the course to, um, to what Ross built. Um, and that's not to say it's exactly the same as what Ross built, obviously, because it's, it's an awful lot longer now, and it's, it's hosting a, a major championship, and equipment these days is, golf equipment these days is very different to what it was 100 years ago. So if if it was exactly the same course that Donald Ross designed 100 years ago, it, that these players would be finishing at 50 under par because they just <laughs> drive drive uh, every single par four green. So the, the, these these designers, these contemporary designers like like Andrew Green, they very brilliant, brilliantly restore the course as you know to what Donald Ross or whoever the architect was would have designed. You know, had he if he had the equipment that there is around today. So it, it tests the best players in the world, but at the same time, it's very close to, it honors Donald Ross's design very accurately. So they're brilliant how, the, how these guys do it. And the Donald Ross Society, you know, plays a part in uh, in, in helping these courses. It, it does it with so many courses these days. Um, it, it plays a very significant role in helping these courses that want to revive their Ross architecture, but in the modern day, you know, with modern day agronomy, modern day equipment. Chatting here with Tony Deere. Uh, what are, what traits are there that are most unique to a Donald Ross course? We see, uh, aside from the length, but we're seeing a lot of slope in these greens, uh, a lot of uh, triangular greens uh, that we see, uh, with his courses, but what are some of his significant? We saw Pinehurst number two go through a renovation. I think it was 15 or 20 years ago before they started hosting U.S. Opens and PGAs. Um, what are some of his most signature sorts of features in a golf course? That is the impossible question to answer because this is a question that has been asked for 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 decades, really. Um, you know what 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 um, sets a Donald Ross course, course apart, and what are the features that are that are familiar and that, which he used everywhere. Of all the great architects from the golden golden age, I would say his are the least familiar or, or the least recognizable. It gets to a point almost where, say, you see an aerial of the course, you can immediately tell that it's that it's very good. 
that is very well designed. It's it's a brilliant design. But that, that, then you look at it a little bit bit more closely, and you cross off all the all the architects that it couldn't be because their bunker shapes are different, or their their ferry widths are different, or the or the or the green orientations are different. Uh, and you're kind of left with Donald Ross, which which is that's a very bad way of describing a Donald Ross course because because that kind of says oh well if it's not any of the the other greats then it must be him. I mean of course there are there are individuals in the country. Um, the head of the um, Donald Ross Society, Brad Brecken, who, who who's just authored an amazing book on Ross. I'm you know obviously he someone like him could identify a Ross course immediately. But for for most people, even you know even people who are fairly familiar with golf course architecture, a Ross course wouldn't necessarily be immediately uh, recognizable uh, like a Charles Blair McDonald and Seth Rayner course would be or an Alison McCourse, uh, sorry, Alison McKenzie course might be. That said, you know, that there are a couple of things that, 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 that might spark people off. You know, he, he, he like he, he enjoyed diagonal hazards. It certainly wasn't the time of, um, you know, big water hazards and the sort of things that have that appear on the front covers of uh golf magazines for you know these days or and have been for 30 or 40 years they they weren't into that that sort of thing you know water water wasn't used a great deal or you know if it was it was it was a creek or a ditch or you know something running across the hole that was used very cleverly it wasn't for because obviously photographs weren't weren't a big deal in those days you know golf courses were far more subtle and they were you know far more interesting than, than rather just sort of in your face water hazards which are great which are, you know it's, it's beautiful but um but the thing is with the, with a diagonal ditch say if you watch the PGA championship this week the sixth hole you know there's a creek running across the fairway but i think a lot of modern day designers would have put it straight in front of the green and and you know try to make as as photogenic a feature out of it as possible but ross in those days you know where, where magazine photographs you know obviously weren't as as significant as they are now placed it or placed the hole or used it in such a way to make it so much more interesting such a subtle challenge um you know something that kind of changes your thinking towards it changes every day so so no two rounds are the same and, and it's just subtle chatting here with tony deer uh his article the golden age of golf design lives on curious if there is an architect uh golf course designer uh that you would like to see a society either become more prevalent with or start up uh, or one you think in the coming years will start to have more relevance uh, and and become as influential as the Donald Ross Society has become? I don't think there'll be one that will ever become as influential as the Donald Ross Society. Um, that said, in the future, who knows? I mean, you know, there, there are a handful of architects today, Tom Doak, certainly, uh, Bill Korn, Ben Crenshaw, another company that... Uh, I, I've no doubt there will be a um, a core and credential society in time. Who knows? You know, and you know, the Donald Ross Society didn't appear until you know 50 years after Ross had gone. So who knows when a core and credential society could could appear? It might not be until for 60, 70 years. True. But I'm quite sure there will be one because in 60, 70 years' time, people will look back on their courses and and they'll think. This period is sometimes referred to as a, as the second golden age that we're currently enjoying. Architects like Bill Corn, Ben Crenshaw, Tom Doak, Gil Hans, David McClay Kidd, obviously, who who you know whose work at Bandon, at Gamble Sands, Huntsman Springs, you know, up here in the Northwest is is so is so fantastic. 
you know, these architects, they will be revered every bit as much as we revere Mackenzie, Ross, McDonald, Wayne, and now. No question. And uh, yes, those names, the more recent names, more familiar, I think, to a lot of golfers out here uh, on the West Coast as well. Uh, Tony, dear, we could uh, I could do this uh, for an entire hour. Unfortunately, I am out of time. Uh, The article is the golden age of golf design lives on. Uh, firstcallgolf.com is where I saw it. You can uh, just look up Tony Deere, his work, his most recent book, The Story of Golf in 50 Holes, also available. Thank you so much for taking some time. This was a fascinating discussion, and uh, I can't wait to uh, have you back down the road in the future as uh, seeing what your next, uh, next piece of work brings out. Anytime, Jason. Thank you very much indeed for having me. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.